Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. And my guest today, and welcome to her, is Robin Kahn. Robin is a good friend of mine. She is, she has been with me on this program before. She does mindfulness trainer. She does energy healing, nutrition and food uh, medicine. She is a, a healer of note and I can highly recommend her. She, I've done many pro, um, uh, programs with Robin, or should I say courses with Robin on crystal healing and energy healing, aromatherapy healing. She does all of that, and uh, she does counseling and therapy. At the moment, she's doing beautiful soul uh, uh, portraits, which give guidance as to who we truly are and insight into our most powerful potential. They are magnificent. Um, Rob, I believe you're also doing the most beautiful blessing mandalas for homes and business. So those sound amazing. She's nodding her head. And then she also does ceremonies, baby naming ceremonies for all different religions, rites of passage of teens, of adults, of marriage, elders, passing over, divorces, letting go. She does many, many uh, workshops and a lot of work in healing. And she calls, it's called her wellness center is called the Inner Alchemy Wellness Center. And we'll be giving her email address at the end and her phone number. So, Rob, welcome. It's wonderful to have you back. The last time you were on my program was 2018. Yeah, good morning, Sue, and good morning, listeners. It's lovely to be back. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. And we've also just had such a wonderful experience in the office out here, Robin, Robin and I. There was a man, a hundred-year-old man, and um, Melvin Baker, who was talking, and his his uh, son-in-law said, you know, if you're talking about positive uh, living, you should speak to him. And we asked him, you know, who he was, and he said his name was Melvin Baker, and they asked how old he was. And when he said a hundred, Robin and I almost fell over. He's the last survivor of a, of a Navy ship that went down in the Second World War. And um, he's being interviewed today by Benji Shulman. So I think that's definitely worth a listen. But wasn't that an absolute blessing, Rob? It was so inspirational to see him, to see how well he looks and the way he moves his body. He's just so positive and so clear. And what did he say to us, Rob, about what he takes out of... Um, he, he said... In order to live a positive life, you have to look at the the good. I think you actually wrote it down, Rob. What was it? Do you remember? I did. I'm trying to access it at the moment, but it was about looking for the good in the bad. Yes, essentially. Essentially, and that's what he says. And and uh, he was saying that in his own life. I mean, he is the sole survivor, first of all, of that uh, of his ship. And the souls, uh, throughout his family, he's had many, many friends, losing friends, and he is the most amazing man. So that was a real blessing for us. Absolutely. It was very special. He said, look for the best in the worst. 
That's right. Look that for the best. Statement. Yeah, I mean, that's a quote on its own, isn't it? Absolutely. We can have a program called Look for the Best and the Worst. It's a really great motto to live by. In the meantime, our topic today is living in the moment. And we would love you to contact us if you'd like to join us. Please SMS us on 34519 or WhatsApp us on 061-895-1019. I just want to go back to my last week's program. I have discussed this with Robin. I had Ian Bessarabi last week and we were discussing Henny's wife's journey with cancer. Thank you so much for all the feedback that I received either when I was at the shops or via um, phone calls or SMSs. Um, and a few of my listeners asked if we could discuss chronic illness. And because they said that they just found that in order to be positive, it's incredibly different. So, so uh, difficult. Some, one was had a neurological disease, another autoimmune disease. And they were talking about the joy and sorrow in it, um, and of the, they are in constant pain and often disillusioned by the medical system and finding it very difficult to find the positive. Now, I came across this, this quote, which I think really fits in here with, with actually feeling our pain before we can possibly can even think of moving mm. on, to tell you the truth, Rob. Occasionally, weep deeply over the life you hoped would be. Grieve the losses, then wash your face, trust, and embrace the life you have. Wow, that is extraordinary. That's really, really perfect. It's a perfect statement. And we discussed it, Rob, and we, we, we said we were actually going to talk about Looking at loss first, how would you look at it in your own um, centre? If people, if someone comes to you, having gone through many painful experiences in their lives, so Sue, the most important thing is to be present with what is. So, if you are grieving the loss of your own body function, your the loss of a loved one, the loss of your your perfect state or your, the illusion of what it was that you were wanting in your life and didn't manifest. These are, there are so many losses and we all live with them daily. And the key for me is be present with the way you are feeling. Acknowledge it. Look deeply into it. Feel the feelings. It is only through feeling the feelings and the pain that you're able to move forward and move through it into a new way of being. Mm. So, you know, by suppressing it, by shoving it down, by ignoring it, you lose sight of where you are in the moment. And you keep tripping over the same pattern, the same perspective, the same process over and over again. Whereas when you do stop and you look and you feel deeply, you are then able to open the doors to a new now. It may not be, as you said, the now that you, envis- you envisioned or you envisaged this perfect life for yourself and maybe it hasn't manifested the way you want it. Mm. However, be, being present with the way it is, acknowledging the feelings deeply, Recognizing them, being compassionate for yourself with what the, what you are feeling, being loving and kind, taking self-care in the way you are feeling, and then moving forward. The key here is you have to choose. 
You can go back into the past, into the disillusionment. You can stay present in the pain, or you can choose to move forward with a new way, a new insight, a new outlook in the way you move forward into your life. I agree with that so much, uh, Rob, with what you have to say. And the one person who phoned, she said I could mention uh, her actual case study, as she called it. Uh, she has Parkinson's disease. And she wants to remain anonymous, but she did say that over the last 10 years since her diagnosis, she finds herself wanting to cry at so many of the changes. We'll get back to that in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hi, this is Sue Jackson. My guest is Robin Kahn, and we're talking about living in the moment. And right now, I've got a very short YouTube by somebody that um, Robin and I both enjoy listening to. It's John Kabatzin, and it's called Me, Me, Me. And his book, The Power of Now, is definitely a book that I would recommend to anyone who actually wants to know about more about living in a mindful life. Can we hear that, please, Craig? My name is John Kabat-Zinn. My working definition, or what I call operational definition of mindfulness, is it's the awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. And then I sometimes in the service of self-understanding and wisdom. We all take ourselves too seriously because we believe that there is someone to take seriously. That me, we become the star of our own movie. Uh, the story of me starring, of course, me. And everybody else becomes a bit player in our movie. And then we forget that it's a fabrication. It's a construction. And that it's not a movie and that there's no you that you can actually find if you were to sort of start to peel back. Well, are you your name? Are you your age? Are you your thoughts? Are you your opinions? Are you your even your genetic inheritance? Uh, even your genes, if you meditate or eat differently, they're going to be expressed by the hundreds differently. So you're not even your genetic inheritance. So who are you? And here's where the rubber really meets the road. The question is much more important than the dime store answers that we come up with. So then we can notice this phenomenon called selfing. How much of our time we are running the narrative of I, me, and mine, which is now being identified with certain regions of the brain that do that narrative default mode kind of thing. And then mindfulness MBSR has been shown to actually light up other areas or more lateral areas where there's no more story of me. It's just... This breath, that out breath, and, and it's not me breathing either. If it was up to me to have be breathing, I would have died a long time ago. Whoops, got distracted, forgot, dead. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson. My guest is Robin Kahn. If you would like to contact us, please do so on 34519 or telegram us on 061-895-1019. You know, Rob Cobbertson, what he says there about, you know, you're forgetting to breathe. That's that's it. You're over. But, you know, the Baal Shem Tov, the 18th century mystic and, and the founder of the Hasidic movement, he says you are where your mind is. True story. <laughs> and you were talking now about staying in, in the past. And, and boy, that, the light suddenly flickered of where we, 
where we were or where, you know, rather than in the moment. It's interesting that the lights flicked off, as you said. I know. <laughs> in the past, it went dark. And that is exactly, that's a beautiful metaphor for, for exactly that. You switch off, you switch off the lights. You, mm. you go into the dark, staying in the past. So true. It's so interesting. So, you know, what, what we were saying about that is it's so important to experience the pain. As I said earlier, be in the moment, be in the pain that you're feeling, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever it is, acknowledge it. And then with the compassion, move through it. However, if you do not move through it, it then adds load on top of load on top of load. And eventually you begin to wallow in that pain. And as Joe Dispenza says, when you experience something and you do not deal with it and it stays for a few days it becomes a mood and then it stays the same feelings continue for the next few months and it becomes your um he used a word which i cannot remember right now it's almost like a trend yeah it's a trait it becomes mm. the the way you or that's just the way you are and then he says, you're now experiencing the same thing for years on end. And I said, oh, it's just his personality. But the truth is, it goes all the way back to that original event, which wasn't dealt with successfully. It wasn't moved through. And that is the, that is the purpose of all that we go through, mm -hmm. that we experience mm -hmm. in our lives, is for us to look at it, recognize it, acknowledge it, bless it. This is where mindfulness with gratitude and appreciation come in. Even if it's not what we were, we were wanting, even if it doesn't feel good, we give thanks for it because there's a learning in it. There's a growth in it. We're always going to grow. We can grow through pain or we can grow through joy. Either way, we're going to keep moving and we're going to keep growing. So through acknowledging it, looking at it, blessing it, giving thanks for it, we are able then to move forward. Mm -hmm. However, the suppression of it creates more and more of it, and eventually it becomes, as I said earlier, it's your, just his personality. Mm. But it's not. It doesn't have no, to be. It doesn't have to be. And, you know, this, this lady did say to me that if she looks at the last 10 years of her life, they were all, they were all just filled with pain. So I asked her if she could name one thing that actually happened in those 10 years where she felt joy and there was a, a birth of a grandchild. And and then there was also the visit of a, of a friend from overseas that she hadn't seen for a long time. And it just proved to her that somebody, you know, uh, that she had forgotten about almost had cared about mm. her. So once she actually started looking at the things that had happened that she could still count as blessings, she started then saying other things. And she actually phoned me back the following day to say that she had almost she she can't really write anymore, but in her head she had started a gratitude journal. Love that, mm. love that. Well done. That was a brilliant spark, and that is the spark we all need. You can focus on the shadows, or you can look to the light. Mm. And when you look for the blessings, you look for the, the the light inside the darkness. You find the one moment, and then you it begins. That begins to be your to create your momentum. So your momentum that was going downhill like a little snowball that eventually creates this avalanche of negativity, you then 
create a momentum of that was a blessing and that was a good thing and look what happened over there mm-hmm. and then you you create a new momentum which is based in a higher frequency a higher vibration and you start feeling better about yourself and your life and you then begin to attract more of the better feeling things into into your life yeah and someone else phoned to say you know when you focus too much on the positive it's almost like pollyanna and that they were not prepared to be Pollyanna in their lives, that there were a lot of negativity, and there's a lot of frightening things happening in the world today, and how can we just uh, step aside from that? What is your answer to that? Okay. that, That in itself is an extreme of what she was seeing as another extreme, and you need to find middle ground. You need to find the middle ground. Maybe you do see something on the news if you do watch the news or if you listen to the news and you hear or you see something that feels uncomfortable, it creates discomfort within you. Acknowledge it. Recognize that didn't feel good to me. Then look for something that does feel good to you and move that negative feeling out of your body. Mm. But if you perpetuate that negative feeling, you're just going to create more and more of the same. So you don't want either extreme. You want to be able to walk the middle road. And, you know, saying that, Rob, I think we often see that in uh, the two extremes, quite honestly, in people who have left South Africa and hear news about South Africa. And, for instance, there was a shooting in, in uh, Linksfield a while ago. And the next minute, I mean, everyone was saying, oh, my gosh, look what happened. And, you know, I mean, it was it it kind of went around the world, you know, to all expats from South African expats. And then we hear news from South from Israel, you know, that a a bomb went was uh, dropped here or a balloon or whatever. And we phone quickly to say, are you okay?" And they said, why? You know, what's going on? They have no idea what's going on. And just as we often don't know what's happening here because we're living within a different dimension at the time. Well, not dimension, but a different life space right right then. Exactly. And, you know, uh, we need to start a good news channel. (laughs) <laughs> because there, there is so much positivity and so much good to look at. And, yeah, when you're living your life, you experience what you are looking at. We'll so, get back to that positive news channel in a minute. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Through High FM, you connect to the world, to Israel and to global listening community. But now you can connect to the heart of the station. Download our free app to listen live. Contact the studio, the office, or the helpline at one touch. Find it on the Google App Store, High FM. Just look for the logo. The High FM app is brought to you by Binary Headquarters. That's C-H-A-I-F-M. Um, and we'd love to hear from you there. You know, Viktor Frankl talks about the domain of fate. In other words, it's what we are not in control of in, the, in our situation, which includes the previous life events and includes whatever we're facing now, the illnesses or whatever, whatever's happening now. And then, so that is the domain of fate, which we don't have any control over. Then there is the space of personal freedom. And in this personal uh, 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 freedom, it consists of two two things, the behavior and the attitude of the person now and the choices we are making now. And that is really our only space of freedom. 
It's not what happened this morning or this afternoon because we have no idea. It's actually what's happening in the moment. There is no such thing as control. Mm-hmm. We cannot control anything. And um, like, like that previous thing where John kabat said, you know, if we had to be in control of our breathing, we probably wouldn't all be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the only thing that we are here for, Sue, is to be the best human being we can be. Hugh, man, divine man, recognizing that we are so much more than just our human selves, and yet the reason we are here is to be the best human being mm-hmm. that we can. So we cannot control anything. We can't even control our minds because our minds run 50 channels at the same time and take us into the past where depression lies, take us into the future where anxiety lies. We could be listening to a song on the way to this interview and that song's playing over in our, in our minds. We could be thinking about something that happened a year ago, something that might happen in a year's time. And our minds take us into all these different channels. We have no control over what we think. The only way that we can be the best human beings that we can be is be present in this moment and recognize how I am feeling. What is my body doing right now? Is my my body feeling tired? Is my body feeling drained? Do I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders? Am I feeling exhausted? Or am I energized and feeling amazing? Can't wait to get to the gym, ready to, to take the next step. The body, our bodies... The vessel that holds the light of our neshamas in it is the guide to what we are thinking and feeling. So if our bodies are low in energy, it means that our emotional bodies are feeling drained and exhausted and stressed. Therefore, our thinking is negative and we're walking down a road of negativity. When our bodies are energized, we're feeling good in our body, we're eating healthy food, we're mindful of what we're putting into our mouths, our emotional bodies... You can recognize, ah, I'm actually feeling really good right now. Therefore, the thinking is positive and we're walking down a positive road. Be the best human. As your station, your particular channel is called, being human, Mm -hmm. that is our only job. Mm -hmm. Be the best human being you can be. Be kind to yourself and others. Be compassionate to yourself and others. And be be able to recognize when Someone is reaching out to you with compassion, recognizing that we have something called mirror neurons in our brains and in our hearts. Our heart has a greater um, capacity to, and a greater brain than the one in our head. <laughs> and it's a heart of compassion and love. When we recognize a mirror neuron, it is what the other person is showing us about ourselves. See that, recognize it, acknowledge it, honor it, and then choose whether it is yours or theirs Mm -hmm. and be able Mm -hmm. to move that out or show compassion and kindness to yourself and others. Be your best human. There is no control in this world. Do you, that's very true, Rob, but do you believe that if a toxic person sort of enters your life or you feel they're toxic and they're really irritating you, that it is definitely something that's being mirrored for you, that you can learn from them? So if there's a twofold aspect to, to that. The one is you can look at it and even though you may not want to see that the, you are an irritant to yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe that person is showing you how you're actually irritating yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And then you can say, oh, thank you for being that beautiful mirror for me. Let me move that out and be kinder to myself. Mm-hmm. The other aspect is you may see it outside of yourself and recognize how kind you are actually being to yourself. So you put a boundary up and you recognize that behavior is not welcome in my sacred space. And you, in a way, you're holding yourself in a center of good feeling and moving that sense of irritation out because others can only impact on us. If we allow it in. Now, now saying that, Rob, somebody else, uh, another listener actually uh, phoned um, from Israel. They sent a message actually a few weeks ago to say that they'd been at a, a conference. And it was a conference they were really looking forward to. They didn't say what sort of conference. Conference they were really looking forward to. But when they got there, as they entered, they could feel this unbelievable negative energy. Everybody seemed to be angry and they just left. Now, what, what do you say about that? Do you, do you feel that in a situation like that, you could stay a little bit longer to see what begins to unfold? Or do you think you should uh, re- remove yourself? Okay, so a really important part of that process, and it doesn't matter whether you're walking into a high FM studio or you're going into your own home or your office or a conference where other people are always going to have their own emotions and negativity or positivity, whatever they bring, to prepave the way for yourself. So we've spoken before about color healing. In fact, you and I worked on color healing ourselves together. We created a a meditation workshops around it, Sue. So let's say you choose a color for yourself. Mm. Maybe you're going to choose purple or pink or blue Mm. or green. Today it's turquoise. Okay, so turquoise color. And as you climb into your car, you visualize that turquoise energy around you. You click in your seatbelt. I'm in this present moment. I'm in my car. I'm on my way to the High FM studios. You prepave the way by sending that turquoise energy down the road to the studios. And you are now driving, gathering your energy back as you are driving. So you're gathering this beautiful turquoise energy to you, knowing that the intention was that you arrive safely number one, and also that your energy, your, the, what you have prepaved, what you have sent ahead of you is positivity, a positive, a great talk, feeling good about the where you are and how you're feeling. And as we sit in the studio, you're in your own bubble of your turquoise energy, creating the positive perspe- perception and perce- perspective of this talk mm-hmm. as you are choosing to in this moment you prepaved the way as did i with my color before i came i'm in my own color i'm in my own bubble you're in yours we're not leeching off each other's energy Mm. we're both holding ourselves in our center in our mindfulness and in in our sacredness so in the in the situation of that lady who went to that conference everyone arrived there with their own egos with their own attitudes with their own behaviors Prepave the way, create your own bubble. We walk into that conference in your bubble of light and know that what people are feeling outside of you may be a low frequency energy. They may be feeling anger, resentment, negativity, whatever it might be. Anxiety. Yeah, anxiety, Mm -hmm. exactly. You go, 
go in there feeling excited, passionate, determined, dedicated, wanting to learn something new, perhaps wanting to put your point of view across, hold yourself in your own vibrational frequency and do not get sucked into the negativity or the anxiety of the others. That's wonderful. Could you do that? You, I know you do workshops at, at schools, Rob, and you actually once uh, told me that you had done a, a, a workshop with some nursery school teachers. I think it might have been at King David Nursery yeah. School. And I, I remember exactly what you said, actually, that you said that instead of um, going into detention, go into mindfulness, let the children go into mindfulness. And that's beautiful. So what you're saying now, we've got a lot of um, our students who are all, all over our country who have started either university or school or, or work for the first time, they're changing. Their changes ahead of them, in other words. They're facing changes. Right. So what you say about this bubble of negativity, how could you actually, what would you suggest to them? Be present. Be grateful. Appreciate every moment, wherever you are, whether you're traveling to Cape Town this morning and your group of friends are going and your child is going, whoever it is, be present with what is, with absolute gratitude and appreciation for what you have and the blessing of being able to travel, of being able to move into a new university or move into a new grade at school. Or a new job. Whatever it may be in life, just be be present with the excitement and the passion and the high-frequency vibration of where you are in the moment and choose to be positive with that. And as, as we spoke about earlier, put your own bubble around you. Choose what you want to feel. And I do feel that color, actually, for a young child starting uh, in, in a school, they could use a color. You know, they, uh, they could actually... You could show them a box of crayons and say, what color do you want to be today? And let them choose the color that they want to surround themselves with, which can be a protection in many ways. It is always a protection because Mm -hmm. let's say this little girl chooses red. She's feeling vulnerable. She's feeling anxious. She's feeling worried. She's worried about making mistakes. She puts a red cocoon around herself like a butterfly. And remember what happens with the butterfly? It's the struggle in the cocoon that helps strengthen the wings to be able to fly. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in a cocoon that protects you, that is a boundary. Maybe give a child. I've got another little girl who is experiencing cyber abuse at the moment, which is really horrendous. Awful. And she's in her own bubble. She's given the children that are doing the texting and the SMSing and the WhatsApping and speaking badly on on uh, social media about her, she's given them other colors. She's chosen a high-frequency color. So let's say if you take a rainbow, you choose the colors that you want to be and give them a different color. If you look at the rainbow, orange cannot get into green. Um, Yellow cannot get into purple. Each Mm. one has its own vibration and its frequency, and it refracts light and color. Stay in your own color and don't go into theirs, because the minute you drop down into the other person's negativity, you become that. Mm. And, And it absorbs you eventually. Absolutely. And then if you hold that... They then have nothing to push against. Mm. So they let go and they stop doing what they're doing. That's a beautiful visualization, actually, the rainbow. I love that, Rob. I don't know if you know Rumi's, uh, the Sufi poet's beautiful uh, story, The Guest House. And this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary, uh, momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. 
welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for a new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. That is extraordinary. I would love a copy. I'll Please. give you a copy. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Love, love that. Jude, in Australia, if you're listening to this, I know this is one of your very favorite uh, things of, of roomies. We have a, a, a something that's come through. It says we control the thoughts we think, number one. Two, the, sorry, I'm away from the mic. We control the thoughts we think. Two, the images we visualize. And three, the actions we take. I would love to agree, but unfortunately I can't, and that is because we cannot control our thoughts. Mm -hmm. If you imagine thinking 90,000 thoughts a day, it's impossible to be mindful or, or even to be aware of those thoughts. Yes, when your body does give you insight into how, what you are feeling, you can then become aware, oh, hang on a sec, I am thinking negative thoughts. And then, yes, once we're make aware. a pivot and control mm. it. Mm. But often our minds will take us into these places. We don't even realize what we are thinking. So uh, it would be lovely to be aware of those thoughts. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it would actually make us crazy. Be aware of what your body is saying to you and go into the feeling. Our hearts have this incredible capacity to heal us. Go into the heart with love and compassion and allow the thoughts to come from there rather. So we're back to what Frankel says, that the space of personal freedom is in our behavior and our attitude. So it's that attitude and the choices we then make. Uh, sorry, Craig, he's, uh, keep moving away from the mic. Um, Frankel says man is the being who always decides. And what does he decide? What he will be in the next moment. Brilliant. It's the only decision we can make. Mm -hmm. Be with what you are in this moment and choose from this moment. And he also says every deed is its own monument. We forge our own identity by our attitude and the inner stance that we take towards whatever we're facing. And that is so true. Well, and that I have seen again and again. You know, Rob, there's that the dark night of the soul that everyone faces from time to time. And I never forget when I was very young and I was nursing, I suppose I was 18, uh, one of my patients um, had uh, kidney failure, and um, he, in those days, you didn't get uh, kidney transplants like we do now. And he was very ill. And he was, he was, he asked, I was on night duty, and he asked if I could please sit with him later on. And I said, let me finish my my duties first, and then I'll come and sit with you. And at about, because he said those were such long, dark nights of the mm. soul hours for him. And um, at about two or half past two in the morning, I was eventually free and I went to go and sit with him. And we spoke for a long time on such a very, very deep level. He took me into his own space and he shared his own his own space of fear, of loss, of of um, and in in some ways anticipation of what he felt he was going on to. And he gave me such a huge gift in that short time I was able to be with him, which was probably about an hour and a half. 
And he, he actually passed away uh, in the early hours of the morning. And I was so grateful that I had been blessed to actually spend part of that dark night of the soul with him. And in some ways for, for each of us to share a bit of our light with one another. It was a true blessing. So as much as he may have blessed you with his story, you blessed him. Because you, you gave him the opportunity to offload to release, to let go so that he could move and make his transition easier. Thank you, Rob. Wow. <laughs> um, now, you know, we also talk about the tensionless state, which Frankel, I keep mentioning, but he also says that man's not meant to live in a tensionless state because then there's no purpose to it. You know, we have to look at the now, what's happening to us now, and, and actually work within that tension. And whatever's happening in your own work, Rob, how would you work with someone who comes in in huge anxiety, huge fear of actually moving forward into life? So I think the first thing that I would do is teach that person to breathe. Just use their breath. It is the gift that we all have. We have the gift of being able to breathe and Thank God we don't have to force ourselves to breathe to live. We just need to, our bodies do this beautiful function on its own. But we can use breath, just a nice deep breath in, hold the breath, circulate the breath. You're circulating oxygen through your body and breathing out for a longer period out your mouth. And just a beautiful, long, deep breath is a great start. So would that be awareness of your breathing then, or what would that be? It's more, instead of awareness of the breathing, it's using your breath as a tool to help overcome. There, there is another, which we'll go back to in a moment. Perfect. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, I'm Sue Jackson, and I'm back with my guest, Robin Cowan, and we're talking about living in the moment. And um, Robin was talking about the breath, and she's going to go back to actually talking about how we can calm ourselves in whatever moment we are by breathing, by recognizing mm. how we are breathing, being aware of it. Go on, Rob. Okay. So as I was saying, one of the best techniques is your breath. And um, if I may, Sue, should we do this practically? So whoever's listening, even you do it. Okay. <laughs> Craig, come on, time to breathe. <laughs> so if you just choose in this moment to breathe in deeply to the count of three, hold the breath for four and breathe out for six. Feel the relaxation move into your body. Again, a gentle in-breath for the count of three. Circulate the breath for four and release for six. And I don't know if you feel the difference, Sue, but I it, do. You know what, Rob? I had a stiff neck. That's why I kept moving away from this um, microphone because my neck's a bit yeah. stiff. And quite honestly, I could actually feel some of that breath going into that. Yeah. Also, when you first breathe in, your body was your whole body breathed. It was a tense mm. breath. The mm. second one was a far more relaxed breath. Mm. Now, if you do that for a couple of moments, can you imagine how much better you'll feel? Mm. There is another technique which comes from the mindfulness movie, which is a really great hour and a half movie. Yeah, um, on, on Netflix. It's actually on Gaia, so I'm not sure how else to access it. Um, so anyone who has Gaia can watch it from there. But one of the techniques that they do 
for mindfulness is if you hold your hand up in front of you and you take your index finger of your other hand. So let's say you're holding up your left hand and you take your index finger of your right hand and slowly trace your fingers. Slow down, slowly, slowly go. Slow mm-hmm. tracing I'm doing around it. your pinky. Wow. Down around your ring finger. Just be present with the tracing. And you do each finger slowly, one moment at a time, being aware of the sensation of the touch and your fingers yourself. It brings you fully into the present moment awareness, the same as that breath did. Wow. Actually, that was beautiful. It is such a great technique. Just to come I back. didn't know that technique yeah. at all. Wow. Rob, also there is that, um, I remember you once taught me about the hand. What, what did each uh, finger mean? Do you remember? Uh, the thumb, uh, they were holding the thumb for, for comfort and it was various yeah, feelings. Yeah, so I don't recall exactly what they are anymore, but I do remember that they're called mudras. There are different mudras that you hold each finger so that your, your pinky on your thumb, your ring on your thumb, and you just hold each for a moment. And what it does is it activates the five meridians in your body, which are the energy flows through your bodies. By holding them, you don't need to consciously or logically know what each one does or which each one is linked to. Mm-hmm. But just by holding and pressing, because you have pressure points in the tips of each of the fingers, it activates each of those um, meridians and opens the meridians, the same as if you had to go to a chiropractor to open them or a, a reflexologist would do it on your feet. Yes. You're doing it on your hands. Okay. I mean, and that's also that's something that children can definitely do. Yeah. You know, Rob, Abraham Lincoln said, in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. And I must admit, having met um, Melvin Baker this morning, the 100-year-old man who's now being interviewed, I'm looking at him being interviewed opposite there, and um, that he has still got so much life in him. So it's it's definitely, it's it's not the years in our lives. And, And how many people you and I have both traveled with until the end of their lives, young lives often, but they have lived until the very end, and it's been quite amazing to, to see that. And someone like Melvin Baker, look how he touched us. Look how he touched in a in a very brief meeting. We both changed. Absolutely. And this interview is going to send that change on to so many other people. Mm. So the life in his years is actually activating the life in ours. And and, and absolutely a teacher to all of us. Um, you know, Mark Twain, I love these. I love looking at quotes from people that, you know, have long passed, but we know well. Mark Twain said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. Yeah. So what do you do in your practice to actually motivate people? Uh, for instance, Rob, I'm a writer, as you know, and I'm a stuck writer in many ways. Mm. And <laughs> <laughs> what do you, and I'm at, right at the moment, I have decided that this is the year that I let my books go. Yay. Yeah, Amazing. Yay. I've had the blessing of reading a couple of them and they are extraordinary. Please put them out there. We all need them. Thanks, Rob. May your energy actually flow from into whoever's hearing this. 
But how would you um, motivate me to actually let go of the fear of, of letting them go or perhaps of, of wanting to hang on to them, looking at why I'm wanting to hang on? Are you talking about books that have already been written or ones that are wanting to be written? Both. Okay, so Stephen... Because there are many in my head that are, are waiting to be written. Yeah. So Stephen King um, was interviewed and... And Stephen King's a very well-known author. Very well-known. And not only that, he puts out book after book after yes. book. And, you know, how somebody asked him, how do you do that? It was actually another author. Yeah. <laughs> you can only do a book every couple of years. And he answered by saying, I make time every day to write. So he makes an appointment with himself. And let's say he says, right, today I'm going to write one paragraph or one chapter. And he sets that as a goal every day. He sits at his computer and he writes. He doesn't put it into the future. He has an appointment with his writer self. And he writes. And even if he can write ten lines... And maybe he gets momentum going and he writes an entire chapter. But he has an appointment at a specific time every day with himself, and that's how he puts his books out. So make an appointment with Sue Jackson and write every day. It's that discipline. It's actually honoring our own gifts, isn't it, our own creativity. Absolutely. We don't want, as you said in your past quote, you don't want to get to the end of a, of an era and say, ah, oh, I missed out. Why didn't I do it? Mm-hmm. Do it in this moment, being mindful and so grateful because, Sue, you truly have a gift with words. You've got such a gift. Pour the blessing of your gifts onto us. When you sit to write, you're not only making an appointment with you, you're making an appointment to every person who's ever going to read those books. Well, thank you, Robert. Let that energy flow. A vital question, according to Eckhart Tolle, is to ask ourselves frequently, what is my relationship to the present moment? And Rob, I mean, I think so often, you know, you can, you, you can feel it. You can sit opposite someone, you're meeting someone, uh, you know, that you, they, and they're not really present. Or you yourself are not really present. So, Tell me about that. You, what are you laughing about? I want to hear your story, by the way. Are about you yesterday. sure? Yes. <laughs> Robin phoned me yesterday, and the two of us laughed so much about her being in the moment. This was absolutely hysterical. This was the opposite. This was the complete antithesis of everything I stand for and everything <laughs> I believe in, Sue. <laughs> it was a guest that arrived at your door. But it was a guest, a welcome guest, and believe me, this, An is, all about, guest. this is all about being human. That's a really funny story I mean it sounds ridiculous And it was ridiculous And thank God I was protected So this is me Being completely mindless (laughs) It is another state of being So I was at my beautiful friend's studio She's setting up a studio A wild winged wardrobe She's creating the most exquisite clothing And we're putting It hasn't opened yet It's it's something that's coming And she's, she's displaying all my mandalas All my art and we were at this thing and we started talking about the opening and she said, yeah, maybe she'll, put, she'll do a, um, a cheese and wine and do a, a real opening. And I said, that'll be fantastic. Perhaps if you'd like, I can do a talk. We can do a talk on all sorts of things, maybe bringing gratitude and appreciation to our lives. And yeah, why don't we do a talk on mindfulness? And we both got passionate and excited. I said, oh, I'm so thirsty. So I raced inside to get my bottle of water that she had just bought me. I was chatting to her about mindfulness, opened the bottle of water, took a huge swig, 
and it was Terps. Turpentine. <laughs> oh my God! This Terps went splattering everywhere. She you went, just spat it out. I just spat it. I ran to the bathroom, washed out my mouth. Thank God I didn't swallow in in that first gulp. But it was totally li- ridiculous. It was ludicrous. But I was protected and safe. And yeah, that was my real mindless my moment. I always say a blessing before I drink. I always say a brocha over whatever I'm eating or drinking. And this time I was so in the moment that I forgot. <laughs> And guess what I drank? (laughs) We're just going to advert. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson with Robin Cohen, and we the time is moving so quickly, and uh, we actually wanted to discuss gratitude for a moment. But Rob, you were d- going to be discussing um, another technique, but I just wanted to just mention Eckhart Tolle again and gratitude. He says it's an essential part of being present, that when you go deeply into the present, gratitude arises spontaneously. Eckhart Tolle is probably one of the best authors around mindfulness. Together with John Kabat-Zinn, read his book, um, The Power of Now. It is absolutely extraordinary. It gives such insight in how to be mindful and how to be present. And, of course, gratitude is at the key of everything in our lives, Sue. Being grateful, just gratitude for what what is. Mm-hmm. There's a lovely story that I heard from a rabbi, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, a young rabbi came to South Africa a couple of months ago and uh, I went to a shiur of his, and before he became a rabbi, he was a martial artist, and he was a hippie, and he was living in the Himalayas, and he was working with villagers in the Himalayas, and he had been... Sounds like my type of rabbi. Yeah, he's amazing, a <laughs> beautiful young man, and he um, was talking about how he was in the Himalayas, got his black belt in karate, and in a brown belt in Aikido, and he was a master of taekwondo, and whatever it was. And the one day he was with a group of people up in the Himalayas and um, it was on a farm. There was there were apple trees everywhere, an apple, apple orchard. And he um, picked an apple, as did everyone else. And there were, one of the masters who was teaching the martial arts could see energy. And he took the apple and this man came running to him and said, what did you just do? And he said, what do you mean? He said there was an energy field around the tree. You picked the apple, the energy field went away. You then said something and the energy field came back. Mm. And he said, what did you do? He said, well, as a young Jewish boy, I was taught to say a brocha over my food, to say a blessing over my food. He said, well, whatever the words were you said, the energy came back around the apple. Wow. That and is that, magnificent. Yeah, so gratitude for the for our words as well. There's an amazing story as well with um, Hashimamoto who does water. I don't know if we, yes, do we have time to talk about that. Yes, we don't have time that? to talk about that. But, Rob, also, I would like to uh, say that the next time you come back, we're going to be talking about the energy in food yeah. and how you work with the energy in food and help people deal with chronic illnesses and, and, and uh, cancers and things. I'd really like that. We'll make an appointment when you leave here now. Um, we, uh, Craig's telling us to wrap up. We've actually got a song now, Living in the Moment by Jason Mraz. But I just want to end with this. Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended. Not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go. Love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. That is 
Beautiful, Sue. Thank you for sharing that. And may you go in light, Rob. And thank you so much for being on my program today. And we definitely didn't cover as much as we wanted to, but Craig is telling me to now keep quiet. It's always my pleasure. Thank you for having me.